Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! MarketingMoneyPodcast.com listeners, you know, we have uh, partners in our show, and one of those is Rain Local. You can find them at RainLocal.com on the intranets, and they do a lot of good work for you in your marketing mix, such as digital placement, geofencing, organic and native geo placement, as well as some location finding, heat mapping, some social media, paid placement boosting, and all that good stuff. So uh, they can describe it better than I can, but they've been uh, good to work with. I can tell you from personal experience, I'm not going to endorse something that I think does not work or we do, we do not think works. Check out Rain at uh, rainlocal.com and see what they can do for your digital needs with your banking. Check them out. And now back to the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast with Marketing Money Podcasters. Yeah. Sirs. Sir. Yes. Podcast. Sir. Yes. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've done one of these. According to everyone. Yeah. The world and the time in the world. We took a sabbatical. A sabbatical. Yeah. Sadatical. But now you get to listen to a new version. Of the old thing. <laughs> just another episode. More. Did you just put food first. in your mouth while you're doing a podcast? I did. What are you eating over there, Chumley? Steak. Good. Good for you. Good for Only you. the finest beef steaks. He has cube steaks and a, a cocktail. Yeah, I do. Uh, straw or cocktail, whatever over there. He's punching in it and eating the cube steak. Is that right? Cube steak is just tenderized. You're thinking like. You've got cubes of steak. Cubes of steak. Cube yeah. steak is different than cubes of steak. That's, that is true. That is true. I can't wait for the next 18 months for people to walk up to us and say, Cube steak! You do that cube steak! Oh, please, please. So today... Because all of our fans use our catchphrases. Well, they, we, we almost lost our fans by not podcasting for a couple of weeks, so we've got to get back on no, top got of our game. We got... Everyone is on the edge of their seat wondering what we will come out with next. Does anyone actually really sit on the edge of their seat? I usually at lean, a sports event, back. a tied game. You stand up. Okay, maybe. Okay, yeah. An opera. Who goes? To, are those still a thing? I'm sure. Somewhere. Yeah. I've never been to the opera. Nor have been I want to a bullfight. I have been to a bullfight. Symphony. It was, it was pretty awesome, although it was very inhumane. But I'm not. I don't really care about the animals, so um, I'm an evil person. What is something that's like opera? May be one of the most like highbrow things there is. Yeah. Is there anything more highbrow than the opera? Caviar. If you eat caviar going, at an opera, at an opera, mm-hmm. you, you is want, caviar? You 1%. I think caviar is more highbrow, like like beluga, like the real like four dollar an ounce. Caviar is, yes, that's probably the most hoity of toities. Mm, real toity. All right. So, speaking of hoity toity. No. Yes. Today, 
We're going to talk about that word that all bank marketers say, but that they don't do well in my and probably our opinion. That word is differentiation. What? The French? Yation. The French nation? Yeah, the French nation. D-French. <laughs> E-A-Shun. Differentiation? Oh, that word. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. I was it. about to go nuclear n- nuclear on you. Nuclear. 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 I can't even say it incorrectly. N- nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. Say it like nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. I don't. I know how to... You always say nuclear. I, I have... Only if I'm making fun of certain it, people. Oh. Okay. Ari Fleischer personally introduced me to that term. Yes. He did. He really uh, acted. Well, me and 400 other people. But So before you tune out and tune in, got a story today, and we're probably going to make it the basis of the podcast. Oh. That's... It, it, revol- it, it revolves. Okay. Uh, does it revolve around? Yes. A uh, fashionista or fashionista. toe fashionista in 1985. 85. Yeah. that's You know what came out in 1985? Uh the year after George Orwell said the world would end in a collapse of uh, control by the government? Mm, Back to the Future. Back to the Future was 1985. Mm. Let's see. Who won? I think Georgetown won the national championship in basketball. <laughs> okay. Who won the Super Bowl in 85? Probably, Probably the 49ers. Yes, yeah, so Redskins. I don't know. Anyway. Who knows? Anyway, back to the lecture. Uh, hey, the, all of your listeners, tell us the, Google since we can. Yeah, since what well, we could, but we waste time. Anyway, so the fashionista mm-hmm. was wanting to make a name for himself. He we was, don't know who it is yet. We're going to explain that. He okay. was he was little known at the time, but had big ideas. Oh. And he was trying to eschew, if that's the correct word. Eschew? Yes, because he's the French. Yeah, well, I mean, no, it's actually... Yeah, it is. Uh, and he was tired of Ask the, you he means. was tired of the big shoulder pads. Yeah. And the that eighties look that you see from American Psycho and all that it got that was yeah. more nineties, but the, no, the, no, the, the big pads and the whatever. Double breasted, yeah, big lapel kind of stuff. And so he was gonna go with more tight tight preppy look. Yeah. Do you know who it is yet, listeners? Uh, stay tuned for more. So his idea mm-hmm. Was to hire some models or a model to do what? His idea to do what? To make ads? To make ads okay. and to to get known? Yeah. His advertising trade. This, this is a marketing podcast. Did he have a, this is not a fashion podcast. Did he have a store? He was in New York it City. He was about to open one in New York City okay. or a few. I'm just uh, gently guiding the story. And so he went and said, "I'm going to start my marketing. So I'm going to hire some models to go on the Hamptons and put them in my clothes and take a picture." Yeah. His sporty, preppy American clothes. CO, sand, sea spray. Beautiful looking shot as far as the aesthetics go. people. And so he went to to his financiers and said, here's what I'm going to do. And they were like, we think before you do that, or he was talking about doing marketing, go talk to none other than George. Lois. Lois, who is a legend uh, yeah. in the marketing world. According to him, for sure. But according to the rest of the world, yes. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. If you haven't read um, Damn Good Advice, something, something, George Lois, I don't know. Damn Good Advice for People with Talent. 
Yes. His name is book. You don't have to have talent to read it because someone um, I've seen people reading it. That but to <laughs> execute it, you probably do have yeah. to have the talent. Uh, it's a re- it's like little um, like snippets. Yeah, it's it's small stories. It's really good. Um, he was uh, a long time, I think, creative director at Esquire. Yes, and ad guy, kind of a uh, he was what, a madman type guy. Yeah, but I mean, like actually, like a little, like he was out there for the time. Yeah, but so. And and for good reasons. So the the financiers, whatever you want to call them, eschewing the financiers with the concierge, hooked him up with this guy who wanted to do his fashion line, and he went, still don't know who it is. And he went to George, and he told him his plan to go to the Hamptons with the models and do the photo. Yeah. And George said, "What are you thinking?" And mm. he's like, "Why?" And I'll read the direct quote. He said, "Because I I printed it out here." He said. You're crazy. You'll never become known unless you spend millions and millions of dollars. You won't stand out from the competition because they are doing something similar. So in saying that, it reminded me a little bit of financial services marketing because we do a lot of the same stuff. What we do, copy. And unless you spend millions and millions of dollars, which the big national banks can, because let's face it, their stuff is very similar too in look, feel, and messaging. You can't stand out unless you spend like you go buy the naming rights to a stadium. Yeah. You go buy television commercials. Well, you I go mean, buy we'll big just, expensive stuff. Your name gets known. Yeah. But is it known for being different or is it known just for being known? Well, I mean, I think like you know, like a Bank of America. I mean, it's it's hard to compete with that name. They are the Bank of America. I mean, that's and so you know they have a good basis. Anyway, I'll, I'll give my sport. But you can think of a, a Wells Fargo. But you can't a, a hundred a hundred million Regions dollar, Bank. Um, any of those banks, they spend a ton of money on branding and, and it works and they're at scale. But but uh, one thing I want to throw in, just so banks understand this, they compete with you on the stuff you sell. You have loans, you have deposit accounts, and all of that. But they make their money. Those big guys off of ACH interchange like. Well, it's scale of it because they've just got scale. so much of they've it. They've just got so much of it. So keep in mind when you're trying to to compete with those guys, or if you look and like, man, I really love that. We need to do. I saw an ad, a bank ad the other day that I know the CEO said, "Marketing team, bring me my Geico mascot." Yeah. I'm not going to name names and talk about it. Really bad bankerly bankerson ad that was I could tell was derivative of something else. So to that point. Uh, getting back to this article here, which we will disclose in the podcast in, in an are article. Are we know this guy's name? We are. We are. We're going to bring it back. we got to keep them on the edge of their seat. A few no days, one does that. A few days later, we met again. He showed us these Who? campaigns from a lot of the guy <laughs> and George. He showed us, that's George, these campaigns from a lot of big brands. It was hard to tell the difference between them. This, he said, is the problem. Unless you do something different, something disruptive, no one will notice. Because you don't have the money to scale. To compete with them at scale. You, you don't. He was unknown, yep. and he had small backings. Still unknown. Yeah, still unknown. So, this person said he decided to do something different. And to listen. To listen to his market expert that he yeah. had been connected to. And he decided to do something different or differently. But here's the point of the whole deal. Once we tell you this and you go look at it, you're going to laugh. And like, this is the dumbest ad I've ever it's seen. It's not a good ad. You're going to be like this. But at the time... It was seen as like, I don't know, punk rock or something. It was like just different. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it worked very well. The fact we're talking about it means it worked. Yes. Well, yeah. Circumstantially, because of a store in a huge population town or city, New York City, 
He did not use names, as John has strung us out, not using the name to help someone make a name, which I think is the sublight subtext. How to not use a name to make a name? Yeah. So here's what he did, and then we'll that's we'll, your pithy sub, so, subtext, and, and then we'll we'll describe it. The his three biggest competitors, he thought, and the biggest names were going to be Ralph Lauren, Calvin Klein, and Perry Ellis. Perry Ellis. Correct. And so with those three, he wanted his name to be known as well as, as theirs were, but they were already household brands, yeah. huge. They dominated the industry in Especially in, in the 80s. In the from 80s. 80 to 85. They did. They did. Well, late 70s, early 80s. They did. So uh, they did this, this big billboard ad in Times Square called the Hangman ad. And they basically wrote all four names out in like a, the game, like hangman. the gang, the game hangman. If you remember it, where you do the letters and someone you draw a stick figure in until you miss all the letters. Didn't have the stick figure, just had the blanks. And anyway, so one of the blanks was Ralph Lauren. One was Calvin Klein. Oh, but it was R was blank, blank 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 L blank blank yeah. blank blank. So blank. you can figure out what it was. We will link. We will link to the ad, which we're going to link the article, and I'm putting an article in this, which I'll explain shortly. Oh, however. The, ver- the very last blank across the bottom was none other than Tommy Hilfiger. But it, but his was also T blank, 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 H blank, blank, blank. But it did have the nautical H, uh, the logo nautical H. H flag. And, and so when you saw it, you'd look up and you'd be like, okay, I know Ralph Lauren. I know Calvin Klein. I know Perry Ellis. But then you got the last one. You're like, well, who? And so it made you think. Pre-Google, pre-internet. stuff. So you saw it and you thought, I wonder who that is. And you looked at it and said, oh, and then you had to figure it out. So I think it created a buzz of like, well, who's this guy that thinks he's on the level with these guys? Now, again, in today's terms, it's you're thinking like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, you just Google it. You'd see it. You'd be like, that doesn't mean Would anything. Would absolutely not. That, that a bank, Banks out there, you do not need to go knock this out. No, no, oh, no. This it is, will not work for you. This is not that. but Because it was New York City, largest population density in America, probably, got to be. Yeah, but the, and a store. It was, but the message for this podcast and this is that is something that all banks do is we're a parity business. We're very conservative industry. We have regulatory restrictions that keep us from doing some things different or differently from each other. And except for our names, except for well, we do our names the same yeah. half the time too. Seventy percent have yeah. a share a word. Yeah, and so you're looking at this and going, okay, what does fashion have to do? Fashion branding have to do with? But the point was is. If he had done this, the exact same ad that was expected of a fashion industry company like Ralph mm-hmm. Lauren or like Perry Ellis or Calvin Klein, he would have had the exact same ad and no one would have noticed him because it would have been the same and he didn't have the brand power to compete with yeah. them. So what he would have had to do, so the, I mean, still preppy polo type shirts, jack, light jackets, khakis, that was, that's the product. So his product looked like, uh, I just want to point this out, was a parody product. It looked like. Ralph Lauren Polo. It they were like, very, they're very similar. Yeah. Except for he decided one thing too. He decided to make the ketchup stain on the side logo. Yeah. Remember he had the big logo yeah. on the left side. Yeah, down the is more know, like down near your six had pack the polo, versus the, near your big pet chest. What, what is it like the rugby shirt that, yeah, that he, had the with the big rubber buttons? But he did. He put all the logos yeah. down there instead of on the normal logo. But spot. here's the thing. So if he wanted to compete with those in his original idea, just for you, parody product, just like you're like the next bank that's bigger and smaller. He would have had to spend at scale with them, or out spend, or out design slash out product them. You can't. I'm just going to tell you, bank. You can't do. You any can't of those. go make the silver bullet checking account that's going to get all the business. I mean, yeah, the big five have 
what, 50, 60%. And if you did it, they're going to come. They're going to, they're going to knock yours off and, and redo it. So how do you, the question is, what do you do to make yourself different? And I think, go ahead. There's lots of reasons. Well, I want to give another analogy real quick because this is a, um, undercover sports podcast. John graduated from the university of Tennessee, the school I graduated from or well attended (laughs) inside baseball. I'm not going to go watch football there. Um, University of Tennessee was playing University of Alabama. What's universe, What's Alabama ranked now? Three? So yeah. Ohio State's one? Three. I guess. LSU two, yeah. Alabama three. Powerful legacy football team. Tennessee goes out and just plays Alabama football, like just straight up football. Hangs with them for three quarters. Did Performed admirably, but no way they were ever going to win. True. It was going to be a trick if they won. And this is my thing is you can't go into an – to a superior opponent like that and play the same game they do well, and expect to it's win. It's like fighting a war. Yep. You can't Von Clausewitz's like, second principle of war. The old days, they just line up on the battlefield, yep. just walk into each other, and the superior team won every time. Yeah. Instead, guerrilla warfare, hiding yep. over here, different ways of... A guy named yeah. Von Clausewitz, a, a, a professor at West Point, said when you're face, facing a superior opponent, I think this may have been derivative of Sun Tzu, Art of War, you concentrate all of your resources at their weakest point, which to us is absolutely well, that's just, well, common sense it, now. Yeah, it is. And to us, it's, it's, well, if you want to take it into banking, it's relationships. If that's if you're the local bank and you're competing against the big banks, it's relationships. If you're the mid-sized bank that can out-digital a community bank, it's digitaling them. Mm-hmm. If it's against the big banks, I'd say good luck. But And the weirdest thing is, is Tommy Hilfiger went after what the weakest thing was in this was actually their brand. Because well, they were all the same. Because they were all the same. Yeah. While they were strong brands, there were three strong brands that didn't have much differentiation. I I always felt, at least in the 80s, 90s, that Calvin Klein was where Polo was preppy, that Calvin Klein was a little, a little more, more like edgy. formal and I edgy. I thought it was edgy, though. Yeah. I mean, the underwear and all that. But like, anyway, and Perry Ellis, I don't. Perry Ellis to me was like dad. I don't know. Maybe I just missed Perry Ellis. That was all the stuff that I saw at TJ Maxx when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, it. it I don't really. I don't remember the era of Perry Ellis hanging with us. Weirdly, in the early days, like Joffrey Bean and like brands that don't really exist now um, were a little bit bigger, I think. Yeah, it's sort of weird that he went after them with that. To me, maybe it's my age, but I mean, like, at least for where, where, where I grew up, Tommy Hilfiger didn't make it down until like 90. And it's it's really weird. I'll also point out and shut up in my weird conjecture. Tommy Hilfiger is a really weird New York brand. Like, New York is like, Blacks, grays, you know. Yeah, it's it's darker, more mod kind and of style. It's just kind of a weird like. Anyway, well, he went. He was very formal, preppy at first, and then he went more like sport. Remember, he kind of changed yeah. his brand to compete with the polo sports, and then became um, very urban in, yeah. in the brand. Yeah, very much so. I will say this: here's a quote from the book that we were talking about earlier about uh, from Lois. He says here. Uh, Let's see. A few months after the ad appeared, Mr. Klein, obviously livid as he watched Tommy's growing fame, saw me having dinner with my wife and friends one night at Mr. Chow's, strode over, struck his fing- stuck his finger in my face, and blurted out, Do you know it took me 20 years to get where Hilf- Hilfiger is today? And George said, I politely grabbed his finger, bent it, and answered, Schmuck, why take 20 years when you can do it in 20 days? Again... Do something different to catch attention. It's a little... Look, when you look at this ad, you're going to laugh. It wasn't risky at all. 
But at the time, they're like, that's so risky because you, you compared yourself to these giants of the industry. It was risky by not putting his own name on it. I, I don't I don't know that, that the Flag H logo, Nautical. It was, it was unknown. It was unknown. That, to me, again, armchair guy is, I would have left their, the ultimate like cocky maneuver would have been to leave their names off and to fill his blanks in. All the way. And maybe that makes me a bad advertiser because I would have done it differently than the guy who wrote the book and is a legend. But to me, I don't know. That's the biggest risk to me. And it paid off. I mean, it's a, I would have probably hedged. I don't have to put up Ralph Lauren, Perry Ellis, Calvin Klein, but you're the client. Let's, you know. Anyway. Well, the, and they were saying the difference is he spent 20000 for a billboard and they had spent $20 million you know, hawking yeah. their brand that well, year, and he got more attention for this one ad in Times Square because that's where all the fashion right. Was it was probably another thing too. Like um, Barbara Corcoran talks about this: different industry, same city, um, negotiated better than all of her competitors in the real estate business. Would go buy a distressed billboard that her competitors were giving twenty thousand dollars, and she was giving two thousand dollars for it, but but bought multiple billboards. Now, billboards in New York City way different than billboards in you know rural America, but anyway, it's. That's sort of the strategy of Alexander Shinana ra 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 No, he just buys all of them. The trial he, he put a billboard. I, I got up and was fixing coffee three days ago, and he had erected a billboard for his law firm in my living room. <laughs> it's it above your bed. He it, had all the zoning permits and everything. It was, it was amazing. His deal is he buys all their unsold inventory yeah. on a huge retainer or whatever you want yeah, to call my it. Mentor, and it just keeps, he just keeps putting up whenever one goes down for a month or two weeks. He gets his up. My mentor in his first job, uh, or one of his early jobs at Procter & Gamble, bought Distress TV. was on the phone like he stayed at work, like worked second, third shift at Procter & Gamble, of all things, in Ohio, and would buy unsold airtime. Would call and like, it, it, you know, at the end of the day and buy the 9 p.m. whatever. I got a deal for you. Like, it was weird, like broker boiler room kind of stuff. Uh, that's so, I guess you could this do that. a different with, era. With like, maybe you could try that with digital placement now, and but still it's... It's, there's nothing distressed well, because it's create on demand because you look at like streaming espn they always have that where it's like we're at a commercial break we'll be right back because i don't not understand that how are they not selling that time well because it's because i should never see second that parties break. selling to a third party to whatever um it's even like on hulu like there's like a weird like palm olive thing that just ran over and over and over oh and they're like, the same ones when they buy they just buy a block. they buy the block but then i guess they don't sell enough or break up enough or have it figured out yet because it's there, still kind of it's newish. yeah also by the way what we're talking about digital digital is an amazing amazing platform but i've had to talk to a lot of people about this lately it is it is not a silver bullet no and it, it, it is a very it's you know traditional and digital digital is now traditional but it is part of your media mix i just want to i don't know felt led to share that because a lot of people well, are thinking well, but, but like, if up. I could figure this out. But digital isn't like TV or billboard. Digital is just a way of information being delivered or traveled. It's, well, like, it's not even a medium. Yeah, that's my, that's my point. Like yeah. we, website, geofencing, mobile advertising, like those are things where you, a medium of delivery, organic but placement I think some ads. People out digital there. is just like, well, this, is, this is ink. I use yeah. ink and print and I use digital Right. What I'm just saying, I think there are some banks out there probably, with, and our listeners are some of those who think, if I can just get on digital, get on it, <laughs> then um, I figured it out. So it's it, you have to. It's definitely part of your media mix, but um, it's part of your mix. Well, 
Yeah, but if they say digital, then you got to be like, hey, what tactic are you talking about, though? Yeah, but everybody's got to start somewhere. They do. Well, so to get back to this, I just want to talk about, because I thought it was a really good ad, uh, or a really good story in the uh, 1843, is the call of it. It's, it's actually in The Economist, and it's, ca- it's called... And Tommy uh, Hilfiger... Tom, Tommy Hilfiger on a game of he Hangman. He wrote, he, the, wrote he wrote the article, yeah. And, it, it's and, his, and it's like a... I don't know, six hundred word read. It's cool though. John, he really, John just read the, basically the whole thing to you. But but it's cool because he talked. It, it really hit home with me when I read it. You you all you mark, bank marketers out there because I've talked to several of you lately. They're like, help me pitch executive management on differentiation. This is a great little thing to put in an email and say. Because Tommy Hilfiger was the community bank on the corner that had three spots, and Ralph Lauren was the one of the top six in, big banks, and so if. If you're looking at it, and look, congrats to the big banks. They've already got a brand. They can do what they want. Yep. But he was the one that came in with something a little different, took a little risk, compared himself, and then hopped in there, and all of a sudden he just took off. And it's, it's amazing because it's like uh, like old, uh, what's his name, said Calvin Klein said when he walked in. He's like, it took me 20, 20 years. years to do that, and it took this guy 20 days. Well, yeah, because he did something different. Yeah. And so to wrap this back into relevancy could be changing your name. Yep. Could hard be. to hard to stand out. I Could. mean, I talked to a bank in a state and I forgot I pulled the 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 numbers shares the same the exact same name with like four other banks. No, 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 like 24. So it was in like the a, same so state. It was like a first bank or a savings bank or something I, I like that. Name the state in. We're not yeah. name names, but yeah. I mean, and and the person I talked to really understood that, but it's like you you can't win SEO. You you don't even Spend money on SEO if that's your cat. Like, either change your name or don't spend money on SEO. Certainly don't try to go after Alexa and voice. Well, the crazy part about that, too, is when a bank that has that type of of similarity in name wants to do something real popular, like it's going around now with some banks where are saying, let's open an online-only bank, but we want to put it under our charter and keep it the same name so it grows. Well, now you can't, you can't do that. Yep. Because someone may be Googling your bank and open... An account at the other bank. It's happened. Thinking it's that bank. Has happened, yes. So that's one, is is look at your name. Secondly, look at your advertising. Is it handshakes, open and close signs, and a small business being turned around? Is it friendly tellers looking all bright at the teller row? Is it exactly what? Handshake. Handshake, open for business sign, uh, business suit and a tie, shaking hey, a hand. Hey, I like an open for business sign. I made a really good open for business ad. Well, everyone has because you no, do bank ads. No, I've made a good one. Okay. <laughs> a great one. But to that point, it's still what's expected and it's still what's comfortable and it's still what I think causes everyone to look at banks the exact same way and say the dreaded, all banks are the same. I'm just going to bank with the one that's the most convenient to me or the one that my parents banked with and has nothing to do with the actual bank and what it does or how it serves you, just the fact that it's there because it's there. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think this article is relevant to how can you be the Tommy Hilfiger of 2020 banking compared to the other ones when you're all in kind of the same grouping? That's my question for you. And and each bank has to figure it out. I, I would say we've, at Renaissance, and I brag about us, and I've got an article that's going to match this podcast that ABA's going to support, I believe. So you'll get to read it if you want. And I talk a little, a little bit about what Renaissance done. I know you're like, oh, roll your eyes. Oh, it's Renaissance, whatever. But point being is. Why would they? It's you're from Renaissance. It's my con because 
well, like when I spoke at one thing and they gave me the survey back, it was like, well, all he talked about was Renaissance. I was well, like, well, one person said, well, that. who am I going to, true, but I was the like, room what else am I supposed to talk about? I mean, it's, it's my yeah, content, it's my speech. If you don't like Renaissance, it was funny. Look, you guys have to hear this. Uh, <laughs> it was, somebody did complain at John's breakout, one person, a, a focus group of one. Oh, there were 80 people in there. Yeah, it was, so it it's was, not, it's not, it a was big too deal. much Renaissance. Like, what did you, it was two people presenting from Renaissance. And I'm not going to present another bank's content material. That that would be obviously well, I don't the, want permission one. Number two is just weird. Well, and let well, me present first bank's. Also, stuff. it's what you're doing good. Yeah, this is my stuff. You're coming to see what we're doing. What you're doing well. Sorry, everybody. And, good or well, but anyway, uh, or well. 1984. George. We're all we're, see. We brought it all back. George Lois. Oh, we well, brought it all back to the 80s. Tommy and 84. George Orwell. Mm. But to all that. Uh, in the article, I talk about Renaissance Nation. I talk about the things we do different because our brand is fun, cool, Southern, and understanding you is the empathetic tagline we have. And so all that creates who we are. Find your brand. Are you? Are you, Is it regional to being north-south? Is it western? Is it fun? Is it serious? Is it button-down business? Is it farming, agriculture? Is it city? Like, what is it that makes you what you are? And then find the content that supports that brand messaging and set yourself apart from everybody else. Because if you are exactly the same, sell your bank and join another bank or buy a bank and pull them into you. But, like, why? I don't know. Why stand alone as a bank if you're not going to try, at least try to differentiate yourself? That's just, I don't understand it. I mean, yeah, so, your products are the same, but your people aren't. Your brand's not, hopefully. Yeah, or it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. So, But I still have not run into a bank. It's just like, I've said this before, like the dick slash resort of banking. That's just like, nah, service, that's just not us. We actually going to treat them like crap. Like, people are pretty much the same. I've never walked, well, no, I'm sorry. I've walked into bank, a bank, banks, multiple banks, that their tellers sucked. I mean, that, that were like mean and adversarial. No. I tried to get a loan at a local bank. People that, are generally nice. Call centers can can be different. Well, no, I've walked in, tried to get a loan, and they... Like, well, that's you, though, man. I mean, come on. I did have a ski mask on. You think that had anything to do with it? <laughs> no, no. I no. was going skiing. Anyway, uh, to support this, check out the article. It'll be uh, support Johnny. It'll be on the ABA website. That'll link to the podcast, or just read the article and link to the podcast if that's the way you get your news first. But anyway, we're gonna try to double up on our content. Start anywhere forward. you want, but end with us. End with us and ABA, and combine yourselves together, and you'll get a nice educational, informational, Double and informative content thing. Sandwich. Content sandwich. Yep. So anyway, for the Marketing Money Podcast, this is Johnny Oxford. Josh, remember saying, eat up with those marketing sandwiches. That was awful. Later. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.